Do you easily sense other people's emotions and thoughts? Or do you feel others' pain easily? Then perhaps you too are an empath, and today's episode is all about you. Welcome to Love, featuring your host, Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Over the past four and a half years, I've loved sharing about the trait known as being highly sensitive, what it looks like, how to understand it, manage the trait, and ultimately embrace the gifts of being highly sensitive. In today's episode, we're going to go one step further down the rabbit hole. Today, we're talking about being an empath. Many HSPs are also empaths, although maybe not all HSPs are operating as empaths. It can be a confusing area to understand, and in my research of empaths over the past 10 or so years, I've found lots of contradictions. So I'm not sure one rule fits all. Well, does it ever? However, this is a conversation I'm really excited to be having. A quick Google on the word empath will state that it's a person with a paranormal ability to perceive the mental or emotional state of another individual. Now, I had a laugh at the word paranormal, which Wikipedia states is beyond the range of normal experience or scientific explanation. I love this explanation, and as an extroverted, nonconformist, radical child of the 60s and 70s, born to a family of three generations of scientists, no wonder they'd have a lifelong struggle to understand me. I, however, prefer to think of being an empath as someone who, when operating in the positive, has the ability to be able to sense others' emotions, thoughts, or physical symptoms. Empaths are also often easily affected by others' emotions and the physical pain or their energy. Think of how hard it can be to sit in the energy of someone who's being negative or hostile all the time. Empaths have a knowing that goes beyond intuition and gut feeling and can become easily overwhelmed in large arenas like shopping centres or stadiums. There are many different types of empaths, and like being a highly sensitive, there are many challenges to face that require understanding and effective tools to manage the gift. And yes, once again, it's a gift. So I went to the guru of empaths and fellow empath, gorgeous Rebecca Brown, and I asked her to join me in a discussion on all things to do with being an empath. I start by asking her, What does she believe an empath is? And she shares what she's written on her website. HSP's pioneering work developed by psychologist Dr. Elaine Aaron. It was the first work to really acknowledge sensitivity in a meaningful way and helped so many people. Here is an important distinction. All empaths are HSPs but not all HSPs are empaths. Because I'm so confused on this myself. I originally thought all HSPs are empaths, but they haven't developed their gifts. Yeah, that's what I said. Well, here, look, educational psychologist and counsellor Dr. Michael R. Smith says HSPs are more mental and emotionally, i.e. psychologically based. Perhaps it's even a trace that runs in the family. Whereas with empaths, we add the element of the spiritual, mystical and psychic sensitivity. We feel we have our gifts from a higher spiritual order for a spiritual purpose to help and serve others at this time. We have a mission. We are very dedicated to our own healing journey too. 
We have a sense of responsibility. I wrote sometimes this can read burden that is unique to our purpose. So that's what I've written in the FAQ section. But I just think it's added that spiritual element. And I agree just what you said, like really all HSPs are empaths, but it just depends if they choose to open into that spirit side and some people go their whole lives and won't. And others have it and can't shut it down. (laughs) I didn't realise I was a full-blown empath until probably, I reckon, only about 10 years ago. Yeah. I didn't understand the label empath. But my understanding is that an empath, without learning great self-management and having a lot of good tools, struggles to be able to turn off the ability to feel other people's emotions. Yes, definitely, definitely. So I'm thinking people listening to this are going to think, well, hang on, what really is the difference between a HSP and an empath? So my understanding or my experience as an empath is that I can somehow know what other people are feeling. Yeah. I don't necessarily know what they're thinking. I know what they're feeling. So it's a deeper level of of what's really going on emotionally for them. But also, see, I know what people are thinking a lot of the time because I receive, I'm a mental empath, which is often called a telepath. So I know what people are thinking and feeling for me. So is this getting into the different uh, psychic titles? I mean, I think there's a a correlation there um, to what your psychic gifts are. But I was just guided to write it as how do you receive your empath senses type of thing. And and it was physically, so that's feeling other people's pain and so forth. I, you know, there's people that do that. They really, if someone's got a sore knee, they'll start getting a sore knee too. I, I'm not like that. Yes, no, I'm not like that either. But I am aware there are people that do that. I'm so pleased I don't because, oh, I think I've got enough feeling going on inside as it is. Thanks very much. <laughs> Sometimes in sessions I will um, get that. But it's often people generally who are going to be medical intuities and things like that like that as well right my main gift is clear cognizance which is a knowing and I would say my biggest issue with empath is um is the clear the, the telepathy hearing other people's thoughts right yeah. now do you are you able to turn that on and off um What are some of the tools that you would give somebody that is sitting at home nodding their head going, that's me, that's me, I know what other people are thinking, which is great as a gift, but there are plenty of times it's like, I don't want to know what you're thinking because it's not really nice thoughts and I'd prefer to not know. (laughs) What do you do to try and shut it down? What I recommend is definitely looking after your energy every day. And really what you want to be sure of is that you're 100% in your own energy. Empaths have an open energy field that is not clearly defined. But our natural state is to be in a clearly defined energy field. So I see the aura as a diamond. It's actually a diamond shape in sacred geometry, 3D, of course. Um, But when it spins fast, because it's always moving and spinning, it looks like an, an oval. So that's why people see the aura as an oval, but it's actually a diamond shape. And so one of the things I, I recommend is just really picturing, visualizing, feeling that diamond shape and imagining it really strong. So it's not like holy, it's strong and clear. And you say, I'm 100% and I say my name, Rebecca Brown. I'm 100% Rebecca Brown, filled with vibrant, healthy, strong energy. That is my energy and it's not filled with other people's energy. 
Love it. Because we so easily are in other people's identities, aren't we? And that's the biggest question that I get from empaths and HSP people is, how do I know what's my stuff and how do I know what's somebody else's stuff? Yeah. So how can they start to identify the difference there? It's funny because in the empath course that I have on my site, I've got the top three empath issues. And when I was putting together this course, I thought it would be, you know, anxiety and and um, depression and fatigue and so forth. And they're definitely two and three. But actually, number one is who am I? Right. That's the biggest issue because everyone's so filled up with other people's energy, they don't know who they are. So, you know, you've obviously picked up on that too. People don't know who they really are. So what's important is to start to look after your energy, be 100% in your own energy field, and you need to do that vibrationally. So it means some energy techniques, chakra balancing, just repeating that aura process that I talked about, moving your body and so forth, and getting to know what your own vibration is. So I find I call it our essence. Most people I know, unless they've done you know a lot of spiritual work, they actually don't know what their own essence is. They can't identify that voice, that feeling within them. Because unfortunately, not that's not always taught. We're always looking to go outside of ourselves to angels and masters and guides and so forth. The most important thing you can do is establish the connection with your own essence. And then it's a little bit like imagine if you had a big palette of colors and you actually didn't know what you were never taught about colors. And so you didn't know what pink was and you didn't know what orange was and so forth. You would look at that palette of colors and just go, oh, it's a big mess of colors. Whereas if you knew what pink was, you go, oh, there's pink. I can pull it. There's orange. There's green. And you can pull it out. So you need to get to know your own vibration first. And then immediately you can go, oh, there's someone else's energy in my field. You feel it straight away. The way that I find I connect with who I am is alone time, very important. And alone means actually distance from other people because remembering, of course, for for listeners that our our bodies, our energetic bodies expand way beyond our physical bodies. And they vary in size, don't they? People have a bigger aura and some will have smaller. Is that right? Generally speaking, yeah. So it does extend out. And I often think our energetic bodies or – there you are in your own body where you've you know had alone time, you've done some beautiful visualizations of, I call it um, energetic hygiene. That's yes. the word, energetic hygiene. Like you shower and wash your hair and use soap and whatever, it's doing exactly the same with the energetic body. So it's, you know, doing, I often will bring in the white light or I'll bring in, you know, beautiful healing, high vibration to come through my entire body and and make sure it's gone right through your energetic body as well. Having baths, having showers, you know, all of those things really help to get you to be in your own body. And then I laugh and I imagine the big angel wings being strapped on the back. <laughs> and out we go into the world. And by the end of the day, they're dragging on the ground, covered in brown mud of mm. everybody else's stuff that's been attracted to and collected in them. Yeah. And then we need to start the energetic hygienic cleaning again. Do you think that's a suitable analogy to help people to understand that energetic space that's around them that's a big part of them? Definitely, definitely. And I feel that, you know, I tried for many years like to avoid these practices that really you have to do every day. 
and I tried all these different ways, like easy ways out, you could say, the quick fixes, and it doesn't work. You really do have to be mindful every day. And um, and I always say it's a bit like, you know, if you ha- were born with, like, you know, teeth that are a bit weaker, then you have to have special hygiene, dental hygiene, to make sure you look after them. It's a little bit similar to that, that we've been born sensitive. It is a gift, and... I'm very clear on sharing that it is a gift because sometimes when we think, oh, we have to do it every day and we've felt the burden of being an empath, then we forget that it is a gift. So in the course, I always start off, the first module is all about the gift of it and how it's a gift and accepting that gift. And then as you start to look after yourself every day, you really start to feel the gifts of it and being who you you are and you expand into your your vibration and your particular purpose and so forth. And I particularly find obviously many empaths are drawn into spiritual work or service work of some sort and they might have even started studying something like healing and they're like, why can't I start a business? And it's because they're not in their own energy and they're not looking after their energy. You certainly cannot help others if you're not clear in your own energy and your own spirit can't flow through your world. When I'm teaching people about uh, being highly sensitive, I give lots of your practical tools and tips such as, you know, uh, learning to speak your truth, learning to not take things personally, looking at limiting beliefs, looking at past, you know, inner child, all sorts of things like that. But I feel that with empaths, we have to go down the spiritual path. There has to be an understanding of energy. And I don't think an empath that doesn't have that understanding is going to be very high functioning. I think they're going to really struggle. One of the things that I also notice about a lot of empaths is they have addiction issues. Mm. And I feel that's around self-medicating. And it works. That's the thing. It works. And, And look. I am no role model in all of this. As you well know, I struggle with my addictions. But I do find that the more that I commit to doing the energetic work of hygienic work, the more I commit to that, the less vulnerable I am to the addictions. And I think you you were saying, you know, you tried every other way possible, the shortcut ways. Well, my (laughs) shortcut ways were addictions. And, 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 you know, it can be things like um, addicted to to salt, you know, because it grounds you. Yeah. (laughs) That works for an empath, but there are better ways of doing it. So I think that people that are relating to this might find that, they're going to have some aha moments around, oh, that's why I always reach for the crunchy, crispy chips, salty chips at, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. And I bet a lot of people are, are finding their addictions are more prevalent at the end of the day when they are energetically not in their own body. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that too. <laughs> I probably use food a bit too much to, um, you know, <laughs> when I'm um, feeling a bit lazy not doing my techniques. Oh, well, I'm still using cigarettes, so there's no judgment here. (laughs) (laughs) The dairy, I like the dairy, the cheese. (laughs) Bring on the cheese. (laughs) Yeah, but the more that we do do these different uh, visualizations, um, the chakras all spinning beautifully, imagine it. Visualization is the big, strong one, isn't it, with this? Yes, It's, it's really managing your vibration. So remember, as everyone knows, we're not just physical beings, we are vibrational beings. So it's really important that an empath manages their vibration 
and isn't that sponge. I like to describe an empath as a sponge (laughs) and um, we need to clear up and rinse out that sponge and make sure we're nice and clean otherwise you feel yucky. I love that using it as a sponge. We are sponges. We do soak up everybody else's stuff. Now, that brings me to empaths that struggle with relationships Mm. because they want freedom but they also want deep connection. And I think that's a real dance that empaths struggle with. Yeah. So I think first off, knowing that that is a typical story for many empaths will help people to feel, well, first off, thank goodness it's not just me. I'm okay. That's normal. That's all, all, all is well. Others have survived this. I will too. That I do feel that we have to have a better understanding of boundaries within relationships and and it is crucial that our partners understand we are an empath Mm -hmm. because for example my husband when he's going through his stuff and we all go through stuff so when he's you know ripping off another layer of that onion and he's working through his emotional issues I'm laying in bed next to him with all of his stuff and I have to be really disciplined you, you describe that diamond as having a really hard edge to it. Yeah. I have to make sure that that edge is super strong yeah. when I'm lying next to him in bed for eight or nine hours a night because yeah. so often it's that 3 a.m. where we wake up in turmoil and the mind's going and the fear has kicked in and we're trying to move through whatever anxious emotions we are having as we're processing and the empath will take on their partner's stuff every time. Can I tell you a funny story around that? Yes, please. When I was putting together the course that I've got there on my website, you know, I wanted to write it for two years actually and, and it finally came through two years later because there were some new materials and it was about a shift in consciousness in the collective that needed to take place. So I'd played with all these different techniques and what I thought I was going to write was was different because this sort of whole complete a process, a daily process came through. And the first night I did that properly, the full process as I, as I channeled through, I um, woke up the next day and my husband was sick. Oh, because he was in his own energy. Yeah. And you weren't, oh, wow. I'd said that while I was sleeping next to him all these years, I'd been taking on his stuff and processing it for him. And I was like, wow, this stuff works. Wow. (laughs) Amazing. And I've since had that feedback from other people who've done the course that they've noticed that. And, you know, we know that the new earth is all about self-responsibility of everyone you know, being willing to look at their own their own stuff and, and be responsible for it. So, well, I have to ask, how's your husband? How did he cope after that? <laughs> fine, no, he was fine. He's um, he had a cold for a few days, you know, and then oh, man flu, you mean? <laughs> yeah, man flu, and then he's fine. And and I do, I have really noticed over the last few years that he's more. Um, yeah, like his stuff tends to come up more and, and I don't tend to take it on so much, yeah. Yeah, just be more of a a support rather than I think I maybe used to try and solve his problems for him. Oh, now, I'm mirroring you. More of a listener and a nurturer and just be there in that, sit in that feminine energy and just be there as a support. So, 
Yeah, and so that's probably as a result of that empath mastery as well, I think, as also embracing the feminine more too. (laughs) Beautiful. I relate to that as well because I definitely was trying to be the fixer, which again, that's the masculine energy that coming out of me uh, instead of holding the space, the loving, nurturing, supportive, compassionate, empathetic space of the Mm -hmm. feminine for him to sort out his stuff. And uh, we've had that change too. I think that's really worth, um, it's coming for a reason, I think, Jane, that whole, and I don't haven't really addressed it in my course because it's just coming in now, but the empath as a rescuer. I think that's really worth, I think the energies today have sort of illuminated that, that perhaps it's really worthwhile people really checking in with themselves and um, making sure that they have transcended the rescuer patterns because that can greatly amplify what I call the overwhelmed empath. Yeah. So Right, nice, because when we have a gift, of course, we therefore want to use it and be of service. Mm. And I know that as I really committed to a self-development journey, I did become a preacher (laughs) and and I projected, I've got stuff to share. Now, I get the intent was that I was excited by what I had learnt and I thought, oh, my friends, my family, the people that are in my community, they're going to enjoy this and I would share, share, share. But then I became a bit (laughs) know-it-all fixery and it didn't kind of work real well for me. But I did stay in that for a while. I was pretty committed to being that person. And, And I think, I feel that, one of the best things I learned was that you don't offer any wisdom or suggestions or tools unless it's asked for, you know. And and so when people are sharing their stories, their victim stories, I think I feel that one of the strongest things that people can do and particularly empaths is to actually ask the question first rather than jumping on in Mm. and wanting to help fix ask the question, you know, would you like me to help? Do you want my help? Would you like my advice? Yeah. Ask and be and make it easy for people to say, no, I really just want you to listen. Yeah. Because sometimes we don't want to be told. Sometimes we want to be in our pity party for a while. And we also must remember as empaths, the importance of people feeling their pain and not trying to rush to take them out of that too quickly because we're feeling their pain. We want to get out of it quickly and therefore we want to help them get out of it quickly. But that's actually ripping them off. It's Mm -hmm. stopping them from having their own clarity, their own aha moments, their own um, growth. Growth, yeah. I think that's really important. Beautiful. It is hard because we feel it, you know, we feel other people's pain. So that's exactly right. You know, the natural thing and especially the way often we've been programmed from a young age is to help people. And so we think that's the best way, but I love what you shared there. That's so important. So um, I might, I have a good article on my website um, around the rescuer and what it is and what the soul lessons are and so forth. So I might um, pop that through to you to share on the Facebook that would be great. Excellent. And I'll also pop it in the show notes so anybody listening can access it through the link there too. That's fantastic. Love that. Thanks. Thanks so much for that, Rebecca. What are some of the other challenges that you see empaths face? It's funny because I was just writing down a note that just came in. Here's a really big practical tip and it's just jumping out at me at the moment is being careful how much device time you have as in technology. 
Oh, dear, I'm bad. Really notice is that empaths are really affected by too much time on technology. And it's really important. I've got built into the empath care program is device downtime. So that means off your computer, off your phones, off your Playstations, off, you know, TV and all of that type of thing. And often it's nice to pair that with time in nature so you can get off the devices and go into nature because that really restores. But, yeah, really watch. Obviously, in our modern world, we're exposed to it constantly. So we have to make a conscious and committed choice and build in that time to get off the devices. You'll find a huge difference in your energy field. Do you do the crystals? I've seen a lot of people that will do different crystals or different. There's a lot of different devices out now that are high vibrational spiritual gadget tree. How's that for technical words? That you can buy to put around computers or mobile phones because all those waves of whatever stuff coming off of these electronic devices, I'm assuming, of course, they go into everybody's aura. But I am imagining that the empath is going to be tilted off kilter quite yeah. easily through that. Yeah. Would that be right? Yeah. It's not something I've thought about much. Yeah. When I, I've definitely used crystals over time, amethyst, fluorite, um, kyanite, smoky quartz. You know, you can definitely put crystals around your computer and your devices and use those other gadgets as well. But really, at the end of the day, energy is energy. So you can also, we're very powerful beings. We are whole and complete, so we can use our intention focus to to hold that there so you don't need the devices but if it's in your joy to use those and you know I love crystals of course so I don't mind using those and I've certainly bought different gadgets over the year that I've blue tapped to my phone and so forth but I found that really I don't need them and at the end of the day time away from the devices is the best thing and probably you know a better step than actually having the crystals around and so forth you still need device downtime and I I just wanted to share sorry one more thing about that was what my guide showed me two or three years ago now was um, it was actually I was on Facebook they said be mindful when you're on Facebook or even on the internet that it's not just your energy that you're picking up of what so say I was looking at someone's profile they said you're picking up the energy of every single person who's also logged in and looking at that site so when you're on someone like Facebook you're picking up so many energies of people all the people who are perusing Facebook at that moment you're connected in as a sort of energy and I must admit now I don't go on Facebook very often at all I only have my the groups and I've deleted the app from my phone and I've noticed a huge difference in my energy and but it's just something to be mindful of so if you're going on to another website that you know lots of people would be looking at yeah then make sure you you know maybe wash your energy afterwards and, you know, consciously disconnect from all of those people. And, you know, all of this, this is just advice. You play with it yourself and see what the difference it makes for you. It's made a difference to me. I've shared it with other clients and so forth, and it makes a difference to them. Um, But you have to play with these things yourself and you will feel the differences and it will become the care programs, the hygiene and so forth will become self-sustaining because you will feel better for it. It's interesting the Facebook comment that you made because I'm seeing more and more people are not using Facebook, the main feed, but they are in their selective groups. Mm. Yeah, I'm a bit of a Facebook junkie. 
However, my feed is very strict. Yes. I know exact. I don't get surprises any. I've had the bad surprises where you you know you jump on your news feed and there uh, and there is something I don't wish to have in my vision. And once it's seen, it's very difficult or impossible to unsee it yeah. um but i'm very strict on who who is there but i i do find that an interesting tool Ooh. uh to actually consider you can still be connected to those that, that you're wanting to such as the gorgeous love life tribe private <laughs> facebook group That's right. without you know having to be subjected to the collective consciousness in a, in a feed now you also mentioned nature one of my favorite things is barefoot for me personally as an empath I don't know why that is but it's something about bare feet works for me Mm. particularly if I can go out the backyard and get the feet in the lawn or dirt or I'm lucky I live near the beach not that I go there very often but when I do the sand is gorgeous Mm. the water walking amongst well here in Australia the beautiful gum trees are so cleansing and healing But I'm curious to ask this because I've never asked another empath this. I love wind. Oh, me too, actually. I do. Ah, I've got a theory. Birds as well. Wind and birds. Yes, I love birds too. I'm often bird watching. And they're, I'm sky watching. It's all the air element, so it's something. Oh, because I thought the wind, I imagined it as being, it's like it's blowing all of other people's energy out of my aura. So I turn right on into it, face right into it, and the windier it is, the happier I am with literally my hair blowing everywhere and I feel lighter instantly. Mm. So you too, hey, good. Oh, there's one of my theories proven. For me, I love cold weather. Because I love walking outside and it's that crisp feeling in the air. And, me too. And for me, it refreshes my energy. So, again, it's that air. Our diamond aura is the element of air, actually. It's space, air, you know. So maybe it's something to do with that, that it's oh. all about helping us with our sacred space. And that's what I see. That's what our aura is. Our aura is our sacred space. Like it's our most important sacred space. It's more important than our home <laughs> and everything like that, our office, whatever, our church, <laughs> you know, your meditation room, all of that sort of thing. It's your sacred space that carries you around 24-7. So we need to look after our sacred space. I agree. And I also love when you shared a moment ago about intention that when we're talking about you can get crystals or gadgets for electronic devices, but you, you mentioned but your intention that we are more powerful than anything and I really want to emphasize that because that's so self-empowering when people know they hold the power themselves and if your intent is heart-centered and clear you're going to be completely fine actually and that's something that I always share with all the empaths and I get a lot of people come to me who have realized that they're sensitive and they say but I do look after my energy And it's not working. I don't feel any better. And I say, well, tell me a little bit more about that. And this is what I wanted to clarify, which ties in nicely with what you've just said, is that we are whole and complete. And who we are is more powerful than every single energy, you know, in the world, basically. Well, who we are is pure divine consciousness, you know, love, energy. So we have all the abilities within us. And the reason why those people and some of the listeners might be able to relate to this, is that they've been taught how to protect themselves. Now, and that comes from an underlying basis of fear. 
Right. So the reason why it took me two years to get my empath um, course together <laughs> was with clients going, come on, Beth kiddo and I was like oh the pressure the pressure was because there was a shift in paradigm that that took place at the time where we moved more into the new paradigm wholeness energy so the my empath course which I didn't realize of course all of this at the time until afterwards it all came together the empath course I've written is based in love so that we honor and look after ourselves it's not protecting ourselves because we think that everything's going to attack us and we're going to be open to psychic attack all the time. It's basically, I call it holding our light. So we're holding who we are. So you've got to remember that, that you have all the ability to look after your energy, to hold who you are, to fight off any, you know, some people come in with, you know, always scared of entities and demons and whatever it is, and that you simply have to hold your light. Be who you are. Imagine that aura, that hologram clearly defined, made of love. And when, you know, we said it had that that boundary there, it's not a boundary of fear. It's a boundary of love that still allows the free flow of love, but it doesn't allow anything that's not ours. We hold that intention that's not ours and that's not going to serve us. And so I think that's a really important distinction and that's what shifts people out of they say oh my god finally this you know these self-care techniques are working because they realize that they were doing it from a constant place of fear then of course what are they doing they're attracting more fear and actually they they're the ones that always get entities because they're attracting fear-based vibrations so yeah I've, I've always share that with people because that's again it's nothing wrong with what we were, we've been doing I was taught the same thing but it was where we were at in our collective consciousness and that doesn't serve us anymore. We've moved into the new paradigm based in wholeness. One of the other beautiful things, of course, for empaths and talking about love with this empath ability is that you can go into the love space of anything and get turbo boost in love. So it's not just about using it where I've got this gift, I can go into somebody else's energy and find out what's, should we use the word wrong? Not that anything is wrong, but we go in to feel the negative and help people to overcome that. But we can go the other way. And that's why I love, you know, chick flicks. I love my YouTube. Uh, I love watching videos of humanity connecting. It just fills my soul so beautifully. And as an empath, I can go right into that at a deeper level and receive more love. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. That taps onto a few things we were talking about a little bit earlier before the call as we were having a chat of that, you know, that we can go into these spaces and really be uplifted. And I think that might be some important advice again coming through for empaths is to make some time in their schedule to go into a space you know, sometimes like I'm in some Facebook groups, you know, and the Love Life Tribe as well, it's very uplifting and you can feel the love. So make time in your schedule to go to places where you're uplifted and that fills you or not fills you because you already are love, but it helps you remember. <laughs> That's yeah, remembering. Remember nice. That you yes. already are because, you know, I always say modern life, you know, can cause us to forget a lot of the time. <laughs> as well as not just modern life, but, you know, those of us that have, com- and that's all of our listeners, that have committed many of us decades of self-development, which is heavy, hard-going work. Let's get into that beautiful place of just being, mm. of going enough, 
Let's stop. Let's enjoy this heart space. Let's enjoy and celebrate the journey that we have had to date Mm. and just be that gorgeous ball of love, heart-centered energy. And that's the thing, and that's where I start the empath course, is that any empath, anyone who is aware that they're an empath, is really here at this time, like you know about it now because you are the divine human. You know, you already are divine in human form. It's not somewhere that you have to get to if you keep doing this practice and that practice. You already are divine. And the fact that you're an empath is just showing you that this is who you are, that you are you have an open heart. And that's what I love. Like really, truly the divine human and in the new paradigm on earth lives with an open heart. And that's why we're all so sensitive. The kids coming through, they are sensitive because they're born with an open heart. And really, really you could say at the end of the day, everyone in humanity will one day realize that they're an empath, they're sensitive, because it's that energy of connection, of openness, of transparency, and they're all qualities of the divine human. It's just that people are realizing and we've got the whole empath stuff to educate people and help people make that transition into living with an open heart, but still being able to, you know, manage life through being themselves. (laughs) I love that you've said this because I would never want anything that, and I know you would feel the same, that we would never want to teach something that sounds like an elitist thing. Yeah. And that is not what Beck and I are talking about. We're talking about people who are born with this have got challenges to learn to understand it, manage it, and ultimately embrace it. And I know that many listening, that's their story. Then there are others who are yet to embrace this gift within them. Mm. And that's everybody else that's listening yeah. because everybody in this tribe is wanting to be more heart-centered, feeling love. So I, I think that's wonderful that you've said ultimately everybody on the planet is going to realize they are an empath mm. and their hearts are beautiful and wide open, mm. which is really exciting i've recently also joined another little dot well i believe i have you know jane's theories unproven (laughs) (laughs) do do um that anxiety we're seeing 20 percent of the population in the western world are apparently clinically diagnosed as suffering from anxiety Mm. i have an unproven theory that that is an entry point for many people to start to embrace their sensitivity. So it is through their anxiety that their senses are becoming heightened and more aware that they can start to really connect with the essence of who they are, with their beautiful hearts and sensitivity. So I'm actually a bit excited by the rise of anxiety. (laughs) I know that sounds crazy, but I see it as if people are in enough anxiety, they're going to do something about it. They're going to make themselves a priority. They're going to stop putting themselves last. They're going to start to put themselves first. They are forced to do that. They will get the help of the tools and the tips and the coaches and the courses and whatever it is they need to start to manage and understand themselves better. And ultimately, be the beautiful human being that they are walking the planet with divine sensitivity. So bring the, bring the anxiety on, I say. Great. Yeah, I <laughs> love that. It is love that perspective on that bigger picture of things, that it's, you know, a wave of change really on the earth, isn't it, to wake people up. Yeah. yeah, and that gives us all faith and it gives us hope 
that instead of having the front page of some crappy newspaper saying, you know, 20% of the world is in darkness, you know, it's like, well, this is exciting because no, 20% of the world are, are having deep emotional moments that are going to result in them being happier tomorrow without a doubt. This is exciting. So it's all a way of putting a different spin on it, isn't it, of giving hope instead of taking hope away and saying we are plummeting to our despair. No, we're not. There's always a grand plan and it's good. And it's bringing more wholeness in or people remembering more wholeness because as you're talking, I can just see people you know, who have anxiety and maybe have only ever thought about their physical body, they're opening into the mental, emotional and spiritual. So it's bringing more wholeness yes. into the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is going to result, of course, in better relationships, mm-hmm. better parenting, better friendships, better mm-hmm. work environments. It's just a win-win. Yeah. There is no loss in this at all yeah. and it's so beautiful. And Wonderful. any final words that you have for gorgeous empaths or for people that are wanting to embrace their empathy in a greater way? Hmm. I'm just listening to what's coming through. (laughs) Yeah, I think that um, what's coming is can you turn your gifts off? (laughs) Ah, okay. And basically no. So (laughs) that was a short answer. (laughs) Get with the program, but hopefully today – as you mentioned the word hope, we've given people hope that you really can manage this. And even though we've talked about that regular practice, you know, I sort of recommend daily to begin with of looking after yourself, it really does become easy. So initially, for instance, the process that I sort of share is about, you know, when you first do it, it takes about 10 minutes, you know, but when you start to do it regularly, it takes about two minutes. And then after a while, when we do any practices regularly enough, your system starts to sort of do it automatically. It becomes autopilot. So it really isn't like, don't think, oh, my God, this is such a burden. Really, there is hope there. It does become easier. You feel better for it. And um, and most importantly, you get to be you, like the gift. This is what you're here for is to be you. The gift of being you is obviously immeasurable. <laughs> so I say, you know, really you know, investigate how you can look after yourself, make it unique to you and um, and really work with your empathy so you can be, we want you in the world. <laughs> That's a beautiful story of sharing how easy it does become with the tools when practiced regularly. A little example I'll give there is that uh, for many decades, as an ambulance would go past, well, any siren at all would jar me and I would be on heightened alert. So instantly the body is flooded with all sorts of, you know, hormones going on how or endorphins. Particularly though with ambulances, I would burst into tears because I was instantly, my energy goes straight into the ambulance of whatever trauma is going on inside that vehicle. I learned to instead, when I hear an ambulance, a siren, any siren at all now, I instantly just do a little prayer of, could you please send angels to help all involved in this situation for their highest good? Now, that took five seconds. I can now actually do that mentally while not breaking my conversation or thought process with whoever I am engaging with. So if I was recording now and a siren went past, I can actually simultaneously do that. Mm -hmm. And it somehow 
changes my energy where I feel that I have now been of service to that trauma, Mm. that therefore, instead of it being a thing of the energy coming into me, I have projected loving energy out and it has absolutely become second nature now and takes five seconds. Mm. So I just wanted to share that as a little example of how I've evolved in dealing with one little scenario (laughs) with a tool that what Beck's saying about how these tools will get faster and faster, they will and they become effortless and easy and second nature. Mm. And I think it's, you know, even if we look at it scientifically, we're building the neural pathways. We're building new neural pathways and then they just become automatic rather than the old ways of burden and responsibility, rescuing, all of that sponging, all of that type of thing. So it just takes time and it does take a bit of dedication to um, build those new neural pathways and then they do become automatic. I notice in my field, I sense at times if I sort of tune into it, I can sense like little, like my team in a way, just sort of blitzing other people's energy out, like they're going, oh, little fireworks going off, but it's just my team because I've done it so regularly now, it's sort of basically become anchored as my reality that I I am 100% my own energy. So, you know, energies don't hang around in my field very long, other people's energies, unless there's a reason for it that I need to pay attention to. So, yeah, it really does become automatic. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for your incredible wisdom. And we're going to have you back soon because we're going to be doing an amazing podcast together about faith. So I look forward to us being able to do that again soon. Yes. Um, But thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. I can see a beautiful big white light around you. So. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) All the gifts that you share. Oh, we've done good on this episode. This is an important one. So thank you so much, darling. Being an empath and embracing these gifts gives you so many opportunities in life to really excel in certain areas. I love using my empath skills when coaching people in private one-on-one sessions. The ability to be able to go into another person's energy and know what is really going on and being experienced for them, it saves clients so much time in trying to share and articulate what they're feeling or what their story is. This ability also allows empaths to be able to be pinpoint accurate in helping other people when desired. And if you too are an empath, the gift enables brilliant communication, both verbal and nonverbal, understanding collective consciousness in your community or environment, and really is the ability to understand conflict with clear, deep awareness. And that's just some areas empaths can effortlessly excel in. If you want to learn more about being an empath or to heal your past or embrace further tools to manage your gifts, then both Rebecca and I have plenty of resources to help you. Rebecca's article she mentioned about The Rescuer and her course, The Everyday Empath, which I highly recommend, are both available on her website and I've popped the link in the show notes for you. My online course, Free to Be Me, is loaded with tools to support empaths in their growth and mastering of their ability. And if you want to surround yourself with a tribe full of loving, supportive and nurturing people, many who are highly sensitive and or empaths, then please join us in the Love Life Tribe closed Facebook group. I've popped the links to all of these in the show notes as well. 
And I also want to finally thank our patrons of the show because with their support, we are able to continue the ongoing production of this show. And until next week, embrace, celebrate and shine your gifts as an empath brightly. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.